Welcome to Marriage and Money, a conversational podcast about personal financial topics aimed at improving conversations about money and marriage so you can reach your dreams together. This is a weekly discussion brought to you by a seemingly financially incompatible couple bonded by the legal contract of marriage. My name is David, your favorite saver, and I'm joined today once again by someone who has no problem making large purchases, Heather. The larger the better is what I always say. <laughs> does that does that go for everything or just purchases? <laughs> Definitely purchases. Okay. <laughs> and maybe my wallet. <laughs> um, we'd love to hear from you. Please send us your questions or comments. You can email us at marriageandmoneypodcast at gmail.com or message us on Instagram at marriage.and.money. Well, we have a great show for you to plan today. Today, we're going to be talking about how to plan and pay for large purchases that likely fall outside of your normal budget. So this is an important topic, Heather, and this is an important topic because I think we all have things that we just can't cash flow. That, you know, stuff comes up, and, and oftentimes we know that a lot of these big purchases are coming up. Sometimes we don't. But a lot of times we do, and if if we are thinking like eventually we know we're going to need to buy another car, for example, we need to have, make sure we have a plan so that we aren't paying for that major purchase with debt. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. I think a lot of people might be like, well, what's the big deal about cash flowing things? Because, ta-da, I always have these credit cards in my wallet, so... I can just pull these out at a moment's notice. I don't need a plan. Or I have all this equity in my home. I can just take out a home equity line to do that major improvement. What's the harm in that? Exactly. So this might be a little weird to some people who haven't really, that's always been their method or go-to for how to make these purchases. But we want to give you a better solution than being stressed about using debt, right? Exactly. Exactly. And, and we know you have you have all this money. I mean, we all have money that goes other places during the month. And so, yeah, it can be it can be a little confusing to say, how do we make this work when the rest of our paycheck is tied up every month? Exactly. If you if you aren't a fan of debt like ourselves, then you're probably wondering, well, gosh, you know, you told me to set down a budget and everything. All my dollars are going everywhere. So how how do I handle it when? something big comes up. What am I supposed to do? Am I just doomed? Do I have to use a credit card? Do I have to use debt? So this uh, is hopefully going to help you give you some tools to enable you to not have to go down that path. And hopefully it also gives you a little insight into how to talk through this as a couple together. Because ultimately that's what we're here for, is to make sure that you can have these conversations as a couple. So um, so I mentioned cars already, but but other things that that people have I think very very uh, often become accustomed to financing um, include furniture. Um, I know we've been tempted to do that before. <laughs> Vacations. Um, there could be there could be medical expenses like kids' orthodontist appointments or or hardware. Um, I financed an engagement ring for you and uh, certainly have some regret around doing that. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, we have, we have done this and we actually did it with furniture, if you don't recall as well, when we bought our bedroom set. Oh, did we? we I forgot uh, about that. We used a 0% down kind of year, two years, I don't remember, for, you know, zero financing. So we've done it as well. And because that's what we did. We didn't we didn't have cash and we didn't want to put it on a credit card. So we thought, 
hey, we'll just use these these financing opportunities to help us get these big purchases because we want it now and we're going to go get it. Well, and especially when you look at even if you're if it's not something that you want now or I mean if it's not something that you you if it's something you could pay for now, so like with the furniture, I think we probably could have paid for it right then, but we looked at it and we were like, "Oh, 0% financing. Why would we not do this? We'd be stupid not to take their money for a year or two at 0%, right?" Right, you'd be dumb not to, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> We're not idiots. So anyway, th that was the approach. That was the thought at the time. And uh, and it's just so tempting to do so. And then th this stuff can be paid either, either with in-store financing or they might be credit cards. And sometimes you can even transfer your, your credit card balance over to a new card at zero or very minimal percentage interest, which makes it incredibly tempting to do these things. Right, but we do not recommend that. No. What we do recommend is that you should first identify what you might need to purchase in the next three to five years. So, you know, sit down, figure out what that list is. Like David mentioned, there's a lot of items that you could rattle off and figure out what those purchases are that you don't have every month and they cost more than what you could, you know, pick up in your budget every month. And I, I think a lot of times people will, will think that, oh, you know, what what I have right now is working and it's good and they may even have intentions to hold on to things longer than three to five years. Like maybe your car is working out great right now, but if it's if it's getting up there in age or getting up there in mileage, you should have, even if you intend to keep that car around, you should start to think about what's the plan for replacing it not that you have to replace it, but have a plan and, and be ready to replace it when you when the time comes. Yeah, I mean, this list, where does this list end? <laughs> it could go on for quite a while. Well, so you need to think about what are the, the M&Ms and the big items that you need. These aren't just your wish list of everything you want to buy. But like David said, cars don't last forever. So you can be aggressive on the timeline or whatever just so that you are planning for it. Right. And you need to identify how much... So. You, the, the process to do this is really identify how much you intend to spend. So let's say you're going to buy, I don't know, a, a, a $1,200 item um, a year from now. So now you have a dollar amount and you have a time frame. Well, now now you can do the math to figure out, well, I need to save 100 bucks a month. I can do that math. Thanks for picking easy numbers. Not a problem. <laughs> Not a problem. Or if it's a car, I need to buy a $12,000 car in a year. Okay, now we need to, to, to do $1,000 a month. But if you're buying a $12,000 car in three years, well, that drops considerably. Um, but the point is, is that now you have a clear goal on what you need to accomplish in order to start working that into your budget so it's not that this big thing that, that hits you hard later that you need to finance. Right, and it can be multiple things, like we said. It could be or the kids' braces, it could be a car, it could be a bunch of things. So. You may want to have separate accounts for these different purchases, um, or you can do it all in one, but you need to be tracking it. So for example, we have a couple accounts. We have a separate account for our vacation fund because we, we do like to go on vacation and we spend a decent amount of money and there's kind of a lot of ins and outs depending on the trip. So it's just easier to have that in a separate fund. So we put so much away every month in our vacation fund and feed it and pull from it. Um, we also have a separate account for our property taxes, home insurance, and car insurance. So there's a few things in there, but it's basically taxes and insurance. So we kind of add them all up, 
like we said, you know, David gave the example. So we add up multiples of them, divide by 12, and put it in a separate fund. So we have a couple funds, but again, you don't need to. You can just have one fund if you want, but just make sure if you do that, that you're tracking what is going in and what is coming out so you don't get off, off schedule or off track of what that fund is for. And I think you made a really good point in that we determined that we wanted to have these separate accounts in instances where we foresaw a lot of ins and outs happening, where we foresaw a lot of either small things um, coming out of that account or 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 regular um, deposits going in that we just didn't want to have to think about and track in a spreadsheet or or track in our heads elsewhere. This just made it easier for us. For for larger items, like if when when we're saving up for a car, we don't have a car fund account because we know this is a one-time purchase, and so we make sure we build up that money in our in our main account and then purchase out of that. Exactly. Yeah. So some of you might again go back to, hey, what's so wrong about taking these zero financing? Why do we have to save up for this? This seems like a lot of work. You're making it hard. We got accounts. We got tracking. Man. Why, you know, it seems like there could be a lot of arguments about why you wouldn't want to do this approach. Starting with, hey, you talked earlier about financing at a 0% and why wouldn't I do that? That makes a lot of sense. I can get my stuff now and I don't have to pay any interest. That's not going in debt. What would you say to that, David? Well, um, I, I think the big thing, at least for me, the, the main issue here is that this is just one, there's a couple issues. One is that this is just something that's hanging over your head all the time. So you do this 0% a year from now, two years from now, it's going to come due. You don't want to forget about it. The way that they are able to make that work is if, is because a lot of people forget about it. They don't pay it off because they're they're not thinking ahead on it. And then there's there's fees, there's more interest, there's all of that. And so then in the back of your head, or at least the back of my head constantly, I'm thinking about, oh yeah, how much time do I have? Okay, I gotta remember about this. I gotta remember to, to have money ready for it at that time to pay it off. And it's just, it's a headache for one. And then secondly, um, your situation might change a year from now or whenever that's due. And you may not have the money ready or some, I don't know, something's gonna change. There, there's risk involved with, with just waiting to pay for this. Um, it, it just seems like it's it, 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 you're asking for trouble. And then finally on this one, um, when when it's zero percent down, I feel like you're more likely to spend a little bit more because you know you don't have to pay for it right away. You've got plenty of time, and it's yeah. not costing you anything. That's a really good point. And I think it's funny when people say, "Yeah, but I'm gonna invest that money." But how often do people really invest it? How often do people really have the money and they're investing it versus they're just kind of borrowing now because they don't have it? So, um, yeah, I think there's a lot of it's just the riskier way, right? It's like if you got the money, then just pay for it. To your point, don't stress about when's it coming due and knowing that you've got to have this large amount due at some point. It's just it's just the easier, simpler, less risky. Yeah, it's just and I know this is normal. This is what everybody does. Um, And there's just this whole piece around how um, a lot of people will say, oh, well, nobody can pay cash for this item. I, I know I'm buying all this furniture, but nobody can do this. Um, this is just to- totally normal that every everyone finances. Um, but 
that's not true. Everyone doesn't finance. You don't have to be doing this. Um, you can you can do this smarter. Yeah, and I think people feel the same way also about credit cards. It's like, well, I can put it on my credit card because I'm going to pay off my credit card. I'll pay it off next month or maybe it's a couple of months. It's not a not a big deal. But again, it's just a bad habit to get into spending money you, you don't have or... And, and I would say most people don't pay off their credit cards every month. And the people that do, they think they're beating the system. But even so... I swear you're spending more on that credit card than you realize or that you would otherwise. Um, I know when Heather and I transitioned off credit cards, we didn't think we'd see any difference. Um, we saw a difference in what we were spending. It definitely made an impact. So how do you do this method and how do you be successful at this approach that we're talking about, David? What What's key or what should people know in order to be successful in well, saving for these large purchases to pay cash? Well, I don't think you're going to like my, my answer here. <laughs> That's why I gave it to you. <laughs> you deliver the bad news. Oh, uh, well, <laughs> well, it's kind of like it's it's kind of like uh, wanting to lose weight or get fit or, um, you know, do anything else, any other discipline like it, it requires self-control and people don't like self-control. I don't like self-control. But um, one thing is, as you're stashing away and saving for that big purchase, then you start to build up a little bit of cash. And in the back of back of your head, or at least the back of my head, I, I could think about, oh, you know, I don't actually have to spend this money on that big item. I could do it on this other thing. I could use it on this other thing that came up or this, uh, this other priority, or, you know, it could go elsewhere. And the important thing is here, no, that money's been set aside for that vacation, or it's been set aside for that car you need, you think you're going to need to buy. Yeah, and that I, takes self control. Yeah, I think that's what I struggle with, and I think that's why a lot of times people do do the zero financing or paid off with credit card. Because, and I am guilty of that too. Is like I want it now. Like I see this, I want to buy it. Let's get it now. And this method isn't one that you can react that way unless you've just got gobs of money. But it does take time, and you have to be planful. And so it is about delayed gratification and having patience, and in order to to do it the right way. It is, and it's it's also about sacrifice. So that delayed gratification. Oh gosh, means, you're just piling it on. I, well, self control, patience, sacrifice, man. It, that unfortunately, <laughs> that's life, right? We we all do it, um, and the more you're able, the better you're able to flex that muscle, the better off you're going to be. And and the reality is, is that you're going to have to pay this eventually. So. You buy it on financing, or you you pay cash. At some point, you're you're paying for this, and so why not just make the sacrifice up front, rip that bandaid off, get it over and done with, and move on with your life. But yeah, sacrifice in areas, uh, other areas of your life to save for what's really important to you. If it's important to you to have this, you should be able to sacrifice to make it happen. Yeah, and keep your keep your eye on the prize, right? Like anytime on on those examples where you have to use self-control or whatever, it's focusing on the reward at the end. So what you're really working towards, that next car or those braces for your kids, their, their teeth are going to be so straight, you're going to love it. So try to not get distracted because other things will come up, but stay the course and keep keep focused on what you're working towards. And this is where that dreaming as a couple that we've talked about so much uh, can be important um, because if you're having those conversations with your spouse on a regular basis and 
reminding each other about why you're sacrificing, what you're working towards, and tracking your progress against those goals. This is exciting. This can be fun because you're saying, oh, that that cool car that we we're, we're looking forward to, or maybe it's not a cool car, maybe it's just that that functional car that we know we're gonna need. It's so exciting to know we're gonna have that and own it outright, uh, and it's gonna be ours, and we're not gonna have a, a payment on it, and we're on track to re reach that goal, and that's something you're doing together, and that brings you closer together, and I don't know, that that's exciting, right? Yeah, especially when you go, when it's time to make the purchase. I really like that part of the of this <laughs> is when you get to go uh, and eventually, you know, pay the cash to to get yeah. whatever you're working when for. They, when you go and you go to buy it and they say, oh, and <laughs> and how would you like to finance this? And you say, whoa, 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 no, 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 I don't know why. Wait, what is this finance stuff you're talking about? We're we're just gonna pay it for. I it. will tell you though, the last time we bought a car and we bought it used with cash. It still takes a long time, even when you pay cash. Oh my goodness! Yeah, they put a lot of paperwork sure in the way. I don't know what all that paperwork is for, but it sure does take a while. Yeah, I don't know why it takes that long. But I think the biggest key to this approach is really being planful versus reactive, which, again, isn't super fun, but it takes a lot of the stress out. And I think a good example of this is around you can look at it in another way is around um, meal planning for your household. So you have two options. You can actually do food planning for the week or you cannot have a plan and then you end up going through the drive through every day to feed your family. So, you know, doing a meal plan, it's a lot of work. You have to think about what you're gonna gonna eat. You gotta make your grocery list. You gotta do the grocery shopping. You gotta do a lot of planning. But if you do it, you are you can eat healthier. You can probably save money because you're being more strategic and planning on what you're eating. Um, versus if you don't plan, then there is no plan, and you often gotta again go through the drive-through, which is gonna be more expensive. Don't have as many healthy options, and so it it is the harder way, but it's definitely better for you. And I think that's similar to what we're talking about here. Yeah, and I think a good reminder on this is that seldom in life is the easy path the the right path or the best path. Why is that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Why why can't why can't ice cream just be the the easy thing to eat the eat all the time and oh, that uh, is. taste and and healthy for you? <laughs> oh. But why can't ice cream be the healthy thing to eat all the time and why can't why can't we just sail through life without having to learn our learn math and science and just be successful um kind of doing whatever we want <laughs> right oh why do we got to do the hard things but the hard things are the things that pay off and so well worth doing uh and you know i i think i think a lot of companies recognize that um that there's money to be made by by playing on this so people have a hard time planning this out. They have a hard time setting money aside every month. And so then you, you, you've probably heard about it as much as I have, these warranty companies that will offer home warranties or extended car warranties. And the catch there is that they're asking you to give them you know, a certain amount of money every month that they are putting in an account and they're making money on. And then when you have an issue come up, then then they pay for that out of that fund. This is a very similar thing where 
where you're giving, letting someone else manage that, um, manage that large purchase uh, savings, but they're taking a big cut of it. So don't do that. Don't fall for that. <laughs> manage it yourself. <laughs> Save your money. Make your own money. <laughs> you'll, you'll be better off for it. And this may not sound like a fun way of doing these purchases, and, and it's not, but um, I think really it comes down to, you know, some questions. Are you fed up with always being reactive, like always having these surprises come up that are stressful? How are you going to make that big bill? How are you going to pay for it? You know, not knowing how you're going to buy that next car that you know you're going to have to buy. Cars don't last forever. Um, you know, are you tired of being broke that you always have to reach for that credit card or that 0% financing, but then it comes due and you don't have the money. So it really comes to you making a decision that, you know what, I'm tired of being reactive and being stressed out and I want to find an easier, better, or not easier. I want to find a better, <laughs> it's definitely not easier, better, less stressful way. Exactly. And, and this is, this is something that I think you both need to reach as a couple, uh, because if you have one person in the relationship that that's always wanting to take out that debt and always thinks they're they're smarter than the than the financing, um, then this isn't going to work. So yeah, you both need to get up, get there. You both need to be fed up with it. Yeah, that's a good point. So since you got to get on the same page with this, we want you to continue this conversation after this podcast. So sit down with your spouse. Talk about what are the purchases you need to save for in the next three to five years, the large ones that you can't just pay for in a month with your bu- with your monthly budget. Um, you know, is it a new car? Is it kids' braces? We've talked a lot about things, vacation. Discuss what those are. You know, calculate how much you need to save and over what time period and add it to your monthly budget if you can. If it's too large of a number, then figure out where you're going to make sacrifices or um, to make it fit into your budget or, you know, maybe figure out a different timeline for it. So David, uh, we talked a little bit already about the funds that we have for this. We've already kind of shown our hand there, but so obviously we've been doing this for a while. So what has been the biggest positive attribute that's come out of this that you've seen from us moving to this approach? I don't remember when we moved to it. It's probably been eight years or so. Eight or so years. And for me, I think the, the biggest change has been uh, a reduction in stress. And I, I'm sure I've said this with other with other things that we've done related to budgeting, but this really was a huge reduction in stress because we would get these massive bills, um, whether it be car repair, well, not car repairs, but with the, like taxes and insurance would come at terrible times of the of the year for us or... Um, vacations are just expensive and then they would hit and we'd, we'd end up, I'd look at our monthly budget and we were spending more than we were making that month and it would just stress me out. But now that we have these dedicated funds, I'm able to now realize and remember, oh yeah, this is money that we set aside for this exact reason. We've got it put here in this this account. We've been saving it. Let's get it out. It's such a huge stress reduction. That That's the big thing for me. Yeah, I, honestly, I have the same thing, so I won't go labor on it. But I mean, even for me, who never really, really got to it worked up, it was stressful because I was kind of managing our finances at that time and, and trying to figure out how are we going to cash flow? How are we going to pay for this? And um, even though you knew you had the money, it's like, well, I know we have the money for this, but we didn't have the money at the time. And so... <laughs> 
now it's just like not even a second thought that bill comes and it's like oh yep here we go transfer the money pay it so um yeah for sure the biggest thing has been no stress yeah it it went from being a, a cash flow issue to now the money's there and we just make the transfer and it's done yeah super simple All right, well, we we don't have a question from a listener today, but I did want to take a moment just to stop and and, uh, at least acknowledge some of the craziness that we've all been reading about in the news uh, regarding GameStop. Which story? Oh, okay. I was like, (laughs) which crazy story? There's a lot of craziness in the news these days. No, but in the financial world, um, there's this whole GameStop story. And um, for a quick 30 seconds, if you haven't heard about this, there have been a group of people um, that have been buying up a bunch of GameStop uh, shares and have been driving up a company that is expected to go bankrupt in the not-too-distant future up to obscene heights and uh, really overinflating the, the, the stock. And it seems like a lot of people are, are treating this, at least to me, it, it sounds like they're treating it like a social cause or they're treating it... Um, as a, a, a turning point in, in in the economy and in the stock market. And this, this is a new world now we're entering in. And I'm going to be the old man in the room here, if I might. Well, I think <laughs> in the room we're recording right now, you are. So. <laughs> I'm going to be the curmudgeon old man in, in the room and, uh, and, and just say, hey, th- this really isn't anything new. What? I know. I know. We... You, you might be surprised to hear this, but there have been pump and dump schemes that have happened in the past where groups of buyers get together, they pump up a stock, and I get, like in this case, they, the idea is, oh, let's let's screw over the hedge funds, right? Um, but, but this isn't a new concept. This has been happening before. It, this, this might be the first time that it's happened based on a Reddit thread, um, but, but other than that, what it amounts to, though, is it amounts to gambling for those that are getting in late, right? If, if you're not there on day one, you're basically gambling with your money. You might make some money, but this is not an investment strategy. This is not a sound investment strategy. Yeah, I like the distinction between this isn't investing, this is gambling. Um, yes, yes. It's risky. It's incredibly it's a risky. a whole other level of risk instead of researching a company and doing your due diligence and understanding what you're investing. You're, you're playing them. You're playing a game. It, it's, you're very much playing a game. This is, this is day trading. Most of these uh, trades are happening within, within a day or within, you know, the, the, within a few days. Like, I don't think anybody that's, that's doing this right now intends to hold on to these stocks for years. This is not a long-term play. Um, so this isn't what I would consider an investment strategy <laughs> that, that is that is one to be emulated or followed. Um, but yeah, feel free to to write in and uh, and and uh, debate me on that. <laughs> yeah, this is not something we'd recommend. I mean, if you want to gamble, if you if you want to take some money and have some fun with it, then that's fine. But just understand to be realistic with what you're doing. Um, if you really want to invest, then you need to go back and listen to our podcast on investing and. You know, it's just the tried and true, kind of like we've been talking about this. It's the hard slog. It's just steady, Eddie. Just invest often and as much as you can and just hang on. And it's not exciting and it's not that that route is not. And it's about time in the market instead of timing the market, which is really what this gambling is kind of all about. Exactly. Yes. Yes. 
So it might not be as fun and exciting, <laughs> but uh, but it's it's predictable and it's uh, responsible. So I think that about wraps up our conversation for today. We would love to hear how your conversations about money are gone or take some of your questions on a future episode. You can email us at marriageandmoneypodcast at gmail.com or message us on Instagram at marriage.and.money. Also, please rate and review us on iTunes as that will help us continue to reach more people. Thanks again for joining us this week. And remember that whether you're a spender or a saver, your best financial life lies somewhere in the middle.